Good morning, goddesses. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and this is the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every morning for a 20-minute episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all of the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystals, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, just to name a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning, goddesses and gods. Today is January 29th of 2020. You're listening to the Goddess Morning Show, and I am Shannon, your host. The planetary moon positions are as follows. The sun is in Aquarius. The moon is in Pisces. Mercury is in Aquarius. Venus is in Pisces. Mars is in Sagittarius. Jupiter is in Capricorn. Saturn is in Capricorn. Uranus is in Taurus. Neptune is in Pisces. Pluto is in Capricorn, and Chiron is in Aries. Our goddess for the day comes to us from mythicalrealm.com, and our goddess is the goddess of fire, Pele. She is one of the most well-known and revered in Hawaiian mythology. As a sign of respect, you may hear her referred to as Madame Pele or Tutu Pele. She is a goddess of fire, lightning, dance, wind, volcanoes, and violence. Her poetic name is Kahwahain Alhanua, or the woman who devours the land. She is both a creator and a destroyer. She throws molten fountains into the air and governs the great flows of lava. With her power over the volcanoes, she created the Hawaiian Islands, and to this day she has been known to reveal herself Throughout the beautiful islands she crafted herself. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our herb for today is fennel. It comes to us from anniesremedy.com and it has the medicinal uses of aromatherapy, congestion, cough, culinary and kitchen, diet and weight loss, digestion, halitosis herbal teas, lupus, menopause, and can be used for the pet. Um, It has properties as an analgesic, anodyne, antifungal, antispasmodic, antiviral, appetite depressant, aromatic, breath, carminative, depurative, diuretic, immunogog, expectorant, galactagogue, insect repellent, laxative, selenic, stomachic, vulnerary, and it is warm. The parts used are the seeds, leaves, roots, oil, so basically the whole plant. And the essential oil is made up predominantly of anathale, Anethole, 50 to 80 percent, limonene, finchone, and astragal, 
the seeds are also contain fiber and complex carbohydrates. Our stone for today is from energymuse.com and it is appetite. And our little article says, your appetite for life, creative endeavors, and passionate pursuits will feel nearly insatiable when overwhelmed by the exhilarating energy of appetite. This stone's properties reawaken a sense of clarity that lights the path to self-expression. Working with the energy of this crystal helps you not only to recognize your ambitions, but also chase after them with a new, newfound vigor. Let the inspiration this stirs within you find new creative outlets. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm fighting a little bit of a cough. In our, green new, in our Green Living News, we have a list of toxic products that may be in your home. Brought to us from greenamerica.org. Okay, so this is 13 toxic chemicals lurking in your home. By The author's name is Eleanor Green. It says these widely used chemicals may hide anywhere from skin cream to a frying pan. In this article, we'll explore where you can find them in your home and what to do to avoid them. And so the first one she lists is asbestos. And of course, we know that this is incredibly carcinogenic. It's a carcinogen that um, can cause cancer and is. I think outlawed now in the United States. I'm not sure about other countries. But um, <clears throat> it says it's been banned in the U.S. building materials. Uh, oh, though asbestos use has declined, it has not been banned. I take that back. So that's interesting. It says check roof and floor tiles especially. And whenever you renovate, you might find asbestos fibers, and they can be inhaled and accumulate in the body, cause inflammation, scarring, respiratory, di respiratory diseases, and cancer. The next uh, toxic chemical is benzyl benzoate, a common insecticide that is used medicinally to kill lice or scabies. It has also been used as a food additive for flavors in fragrances and in plastics and it is a suspected neurotoxin. The next chemical is bisphenol A which is BPA and bisphenol S which is BPS used to make transparent hard plastic known as polycarbonate, used for baby bottles and linings of metal cans. BPS is a common substitute for BPA since public outcry reduced use of BPA in plastics. <clears throat> it says, studies are showing the chemicals are similarly toxic, so BPA and BPS are endocrine disruptors and exposure may cause obesity, reproductive cancers, and infertility. <clears throat> DEHP is a common class of phthalate, a liquid plasticizer used in hydraulic fluids and PVC plastic, and it may leach into food and water through plastic and could cause damage to reproductive organs, lungs, kidneys, liver, and fetuses. 
um, endocrine disruptors such as, oh gosh, let me just see what it's talking about here. Endocrine disruptors disruptors, aka endocrine modifiers or hormone disruptors, are chemicals that interfere with the endocrine system by mimicking or inhibiting natural hormones. And it doesn't say what that is, what's what that's in, but I'm guessing it's just elaborating more on the previous um, chemical. So the next one is formaldehyde, a.k.a. methanol, methyl aldehyde, or methylene oxide, a smelly, colorless, flammable gas used in pesticides, building materials, textiles, cosmetics, and home goods. The new smell of a mattress, piece of clothing, or car comes from formaldehyde, and it is a carcinogen. And in case anyone doesn't know what that means, that means that it causes cancer. And suspected gastrointestinal, immune, nerve, reproductive, respiratory, and skin toxin. Then, of course, we have lead, which is found in old paint, on toys, or walls, in pipes, and in makeup. And it is a neurotoxin that can cause brain damage. Then we have PBDEs, and I'm going to try to pronounce this, polybrominated diphenyl ethers, and they are used as fire retardants in foam furniture, carpet padding, electronics, plastics, textiles, and building materials. And they have been associated with tumors, delayed brain development, and thyroid issues. And then, of course, we have parabens, which are had used to been a lot of cosmetics had parabens in them, but lately everything says paraben-free. Well, not everything, but there's a lot of options that don't have parabens in them anymore. And it says that they you can find them in cosmetics, toothpaste, shampoo, moisturizers, and shaving gels. I did not know that it was in toothpaste, but I use a, a natural toothpaste, so I'm really glad. <laughs> But I had not been looking for it in toothpaste because I did not know that. It's an endocrine disruptor that can be absorbed through the skin, and they've been linked to cancer. The next one is the phthalates, and it's a softening agent used in plastics in a variety of beauty and skincare products. And it's also an endocrine disruptor, can cause liver and kidney lesions, and exacerbate asthma and allergies in some children. And this is, gosh, some of these words, these chemical compounds are just almost impossible to pronounce. It's per and polyfluoroalkyl substances. PFAs are a class of chemicals including PFOA, PFOs, and Gen X. They repel water and grease, so they're used in the manufacturing of non-stick cookware, stain-resistant clothes and carpet, and even the inside of microwave popcorn bags. Oh my god. PFAs accumulate in the body over time and can lead to cancer, heart disease, and immune system damage. Then we have perifluorinated chemicals, PFCs. They repel grease and water and are heat-resistant, so 
They are common in fast food containers, paints, flooring, and furniture. They've been linked to cancer, thyroid issues, damage to immune and reproductive systems, high cholesterol, hypertension, and birth defects. And the last one we have is volatile organic compounds, and not the good kind of organic. So organic meaning, you know, the proper definition of organic, which I guess you can also say that's how it's used for food as well, but um, a category of chemicals that evaporate into the air and react with sunlight, which pollutes indoor air. The word organic means that these chemicals contain the element carbon. Formaldehyde is an example of a VOC, and that's likely to be in your home. Some VOCs can be lumped under the term fragrance, though not all fragrances are VOCs. VOCs may cause eye, nose, and throat irritation in the short term and cancer, liver, liver damage, kidney damage, and nervous system problems in the long term. VOCs pose a particular risk to infants and fetuses. Okay, so moving on in environmental news today, we have an article that says, As of this month, Philadelphians can choose a cleaner option for heating their homes and cooking. Natural gas produced in landfills known as biogas. And this really capitalizes on the article we read yesterday about how not putting um, food waste in landfills because it creates methane, which is uh, 25 times more harmful than carbon dioxide for greenhouse gases. So <laughs> looks like Philadelphia has figured out what to do with that methane. So they have um, basically, it's a new energy source. Biogas is methane captured from decomposition of organic matter in waste plants and anaerobic digesters and processed to be used in place of fossil-based natural gas. According to the Environmental Protection Agency, methane is more than, like I said, 25 times as potent as carbon dioxide at trapping heat in the atmosphere. Though it is not renewable in the same way as solar and wind en energy, biogas is referred to as renewable natural gas. Uh, I guess that's why, you know, because you can always have a... Uh, you can always create it even though it, I mean, you don't use it over and over and over again. So, um, all right, moving on. Our affirmation for the day comes to us from opramag.com. And it is, we must accept finite disappointment, but never lose infinite hope. And that was said by Martin Luther King Jr. Okay, our yoga news comes to us from Gaia.com, and we're talking about the different types of yoga today, and a lot of people probably already know this, but I'm going to mention them for those of us who some of this was new information for. Okay, so Hatha Yoga, this radical style of yoga is based on the premise that the body is the key to enlightenment by practicing physical austerities and cleansing rituals, practitioners could achieve realization. 
Hatha yoga emphasizes breathing techniques, and some Hatha asanas are rigorous and can take years to master. And it says basically all physical yogas are considered Hatha. And then Iyengar yoga, spelled I-Y-E-N-G-A-R. This method focuses on fine details of alignment and anatomy. And it's from... Uh, he be, the guy with the same same last name began practicing or began teaching this in 1937, and he taught it to celebrities and luminaries in the West, including the author Aldous Huxley. The method migrated to the US, U.S. beginning in 1957, and by 2005 was considered the most influential yoga model in the world. It develops mobility and strength with generous use of props. And then we have Ashtanga Yoga and its intensive, challenging series of asanas in three series developed by K. Patabi Joyce. And then we have Vinyasa Yoga. This method originated from the Ashtanga school in the 1980s and can be recognized by a breath-to-movement style, including sun salutations and usually standing, balancing, and floor series. We have restorative yoga. It's a gentle technique designed to relax and de-stress. It uses bolsters, pillows, and blocks to allow practitioners to remain in postures for longer periods than other styles. Restorative yoga may include meditation and breathing, pranayama uh, components as well. And then we have yin yoga, which is oh, one of my personal favorites. In the 1970s, martial artist Polly Zink developed yin yoga with the intention of providing a slow-paced style with longer pose holds up to five minutes or more. And these long holds affect the joints and fascia in the body and are believed to increase circulation and flexibility. And that's all we have for today. I thank you for joining us and brightest blessings to you all. Namaste. Tune in again tomorrow. This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by From Ashes We Rise To.com, where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom blended, organic, non GMO herbal teas that are crafted with love, and also order hand poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at fromasheswerise2.com. That's fromasheswerise with the number 2.com to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.